0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hot Dish Productions, an award-winning modern culinary production company. Learn more at hotdishproductions.com. This week on Meet and Three, we dedicate our stories to elders, grandparents, and family members who came before us.
0: Some people called on the phone. What time is your appointment? Mine's 2.45. Our friend, the dentist, he, he was 3.30. And it was like a social event. It's a small island. A lot of them I knew when I was a kid. So it was, you know, to really help them feel like they they weren't alone. It's
2: currently this communal nature of food, and so it can operate as a
1: bridge, um, not just between neighbors and friends, but also between the living and the dead. Listen to "Meet in 3 wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hey there and welcome to the Feed Feed podcast. I'm Julie Resnick, co-founder of The Actual Feed Feed, the world's largest social native food publication and community serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Throughout season four of the Feed Feed podcast, I will be trying to help you solve the question that we are all faced with on a daily basis. Now more than ever, what's for dinner? Each week, I will be speaking with a FeedFeed Feed community member whose recipes are a constant source of ideas and inspiration and help me get dinner on my table nearly 365 days a year. Today, I'm joined by Alice Choi from Hip Foodie Mom, a food blogger and video creator who focuses on easy-to-follow weeknight recipes that lean into Asian and Korean food. Alice's recipes have, and videos have been seen in vet, Better Homes and Gardens, The Kitchen, The Feed Feed, Today Food, People Magazine, and more. Alice lives in the Philadelphia area with her husband and two daughters. Welcome to the Feed Feed podcast, Alice. Hi, Julie. Thank you. Hi. Yeah, it's so great to chat with you. How, how's everything going in uh, Philadelphia? Is it warming up?
2: It is warming up. Um, things are going really well right now. Um, we actually recently just moved into a new house. Yeah, I've, I've been following your home,
3: <laughs> your long home renovation on Instagram. Congratulations. It seems like you have your kitchen and your furniture.
2: How, how does that feel? It feels great because <laughs> honestly, after, you know, the after 2020, um It's, it's just, it's so nice to be in a larger space. Um, We we were in an apartment uh, temporarily and, you know, because of COVID, what we thought was going to be like an eight month home build turned into a year year and a half. Oh my gosh. So, um, so I'm, I'm extremely like grateful and, and appreciative and so happy to be in the new house. And um, I'm in a I'm in a larger kitchen. Um, I'm back to having a gas range, which Amazing. I yeah. I, I I'm just I'm beyond excited and so happy.
3: That's great, um, awesome. So I want to start out today, kind of going a little bit back in time. Um, would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about your childhood, I know that food has always been really central in your family, both when you were a child and also, you know, with your two kids that you're raising now. Um, tell us what it was like growing up in your family. Who cooked? How involved in the kitchen were you? Did you always eat Korean food or what were some of your favorite meals as a child?
2: Yeah, so I, I um, was born and raised in Dallas, Texas, and uh, my parents um, immigrated from Seoul, South Korea. Um, they actually met here in the States. They met in Chicago. Okay. Um And uh, my dad moved to Texas um, to get his master's in journalism at East Texas State University. So that's what took them to Texas. But um, growing up, uh, like food was a huge part of our lives. Um Food and cooking. And my father is actually a great cook. Um, so is my mother, so growing up, I saw both of them in the kitchen, um, which was really nice for me to see.
3: Yep. And did they cook together or was it sort of like you make dinner tonight and I'll make it tomorrow?
2: (laughs) (laughs) They, they, um, it was a little bit of both. Like Sundays were kind of our day as a family to get together and eat, and some days my dad would cook, some days my mom would cook, and then some days um, we would all be in there together doing something, and um, it was just really nice. Like I, I always say this, but some families connect and bond over sports, or you know they do activities together. For my family growing up, um, we came together as a family and we bonded. In the kitchen and around the dinner table, and that's where we um, we always gathered there and just uh, you know broke bread together. And um, growing up, my parents worked a lot. They. Uh, so, what did your dad become
3: a journalist after journalism school?
2: No, no. So, um, so back then, I mean, as you can imagine, um, it was really hard for him to find a job in journalism um, you know, as, as a, as a Korean. Um, and so he, he kind of did what he had to do to, you know, survive and to, um, you know, feed his family. So, and you know what, I, I still, to this day, I don't know the full story as to how he started his business, but my dad, um, opened up a very, very small, um, Korean market, And, and this was when I was just, I was, um, I, I actually wasn't even born yet. Um, my brother was a baby and my mother was a nurse and, um, she had to quit her job and help my father. And, you know, I think this is a story that, that many immigrant families face. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they, they kind of, they kind of have to put aside, um their dream and maybe yeah. something that they um you know studied and they just kind of have to do they have to find something that they that they kind of have to do to survive so my dad opened up a small market um and then from there he opened up uh restaurants oh, so cool. okay yeah Kore- korean restaurants japanese um and then he moved into sushi so into into japanese restaurants so Over the course of my childhood, um, my father, I think at one point he had three restaurants, um, kind of like a hibachi style, you know, cook on the table, Japanese type restaurant, um, an all you can eat sushi buffet restaurant and a Korean restaurant. And so, um, yeah, so, so food has always been, um, at the center of my family growing up at the center of our lives and, it was just very important for, um, for my parents to, um, I guess for us to gather together as a family around food yep. and growing up, I remember my mother, it was, it was really important for her to pass on Korean food recipes to me and my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. Like my, my brother was a really good cook as well, but she was just like dragging me and my sister into the kitchen um, cause this is kind of old school, but her men- mentality back then was, well, you need to, you need to learn how to cook Korean food so you can, um, marry a nice, marry and find a nice Korean <laughs> boy, you know, right. <laughs> and be able to cook for him. Right. Um, but at the time I had no interest, um, uh, of being in the kitchen. I, I loved Korean food, but I, I had no interest in learning how to make it. Um, So it wasn't until a little bit later in life that I, um, that I really kind of found my passion for cooking. And um, now that I have children, um, now I understand why my mother did that and why she wanted to pass on um, Korean food recipes to me.
3: And anyway, and what were some of those recipes and and do you make them now and and can we find I them do. on the blog? Okay.
2: Yes, yes. Um, so lots of lots of soups and lots of stews, um, like kimchi fried rice, yeah. um, kimchi, pulbogi, which is um, Korean marinated beef ribeye. Yeah. Um, so I mean all the basics. Um, uh, there's like a soft soft tofu dish, uh, sundubu jjigae um, a soft tofu stew, Um, and my husband who, so, so I did end up marrying a nice Korean boy (laughs) and, uh, and he loves Korean food. Um, but it's funny because I, so when I was, when I was younger, I, um, I had moved to San Francisco. Um, this was kind of like my first time out of Texas. And, first time on my own. And my mother had packed me, um, she packed these three Korean cookbooks in my boxes. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't know that she, that she had done this. And so when I was unpacking, I found them and they were probably the only three Korean cookbooks that were printed in English (laughs) at the time. (laughs) Right. And yeah. And so, um, you know, that was kind of her way of saying you know, don't don't forget you gotta keep cooking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, now that I have children, um, I really want them to know how to cook Korean food and I, you know, want them to appreciate their heritage and appreciate who they are and, you know, um, our background and the cuisine that comes with, you know, being Korean. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, now, right now, more than ever, um, it's super important to me as a Korean American, um, you know, as, as, a, as a member of the AAPI community, you know, just to embrace even more who I am, you know, yeah. the foods that we eat yeah, and um, really, you know, teach that to my children and, um, you know, and then hopefully see them see them, cook, you know, teaching it to their children, um, you know, in the future. So, so yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, and you've, you've, you've um, always had your kids in the kitchen. I mean, I've obviously followed you on Instagram for years now and seen them, you know, alongside you cooking. And so, um, you know, as they're getting older and, and probably aware, I mean, how aware are they of, of sort of what's going on? How are you talking to your kids about what's happening um, right now in the world?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I th- thank you for asking that. I, um, I, I have spoken to them about everything that's going on right now and I have chosen my words very carefully. Yeah. Um, but, but I, but I have also spoken to them, um, truthfully to let them know, um, all of the, um, the Asian hate that's going on right now. And these just terrible, um, attacks on elder, elderly Asian people. Um, I did, I did kind of, um, I, I lightly told them what happened in Atlanta. Um, but, um, but no, we, we, we have had a conversation about it and, um, their spring break was last week. And we were, I I was going to take them to D.C. for a couple of days, um, just the three of us. Yeah. But I ended up, we we ended up not going because I, uh, honestly, I was scared. Um, I I didn't know, I didn't know what would happen. Yeah. Um, You know, it was just going to be me and my two daughters. Um, And so they said, they said, well, why, you know, why aren't we going? And then I kind of had to remind them, you know. (laughs) Right. Uh, well, this is what's going on. And, um, I don't think I would feel safe. Yeah. So, um, so one day, uh, so we, we ended up staying home for the week and one day I wanted uh, to take them to the mall. And, um, uh, I, before we went, I, I said to my, my kids, um, you know, because at the mall these days, you know, there's just a kind of a bunch of, a bunch of teenagers and, yeah. you know, who know who knows what, what what would be said to us or you Correct. know whatnot. Right. So, yeah. so you I just did, wanted to prepare um,
3: in case something. Exactly. Happened.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I prepped them and I said, I said, Hey, we're going to go, but, and we're not going to be afraid, but don't be surprised if somebody says something to us, um, just be prepared. And I said, if, if, um, I'm not with you for whatever reason, like if we're in a store and we're looking around and if somebody says something to you, come tell me, you know, come yeah. get me. Right. Um, And, you know, that, that makes me like, it it makes me very sad that, that, you know, this is the reality of our world right now. Um, but all I can do is just, you know, hope and pray that, um, for, for change, like a little bit every day, um, and just, you know, more, more awareness, I think helps, but, um, but yeah, I think definitely um, the, the conversation with my children had to be had to be had, and and they're actually still home right now, um, going to school virtually. Yep. Um, our school district kind of switched from hybrid, um, going back um, four days a week just recently, and I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to keep them at home because we kind of have we kind of have a nice schedule right now. Yeah. And it's already April. And I know. There's only like, you know, A couple maybe months left. two months left of school. But then after all this happened, um, like kind of deep inside, I thought to myself, well, I'm kind of glad that they're at home because, you know, who knows what, you know, snide yeah, remarks or right. what would happen to them at school. And so, yeah, so it's, um, it's, uh, it's hard and it's, um, I don't know, when I, when I stop to think and when I, when I look at like the news or if I look at social media and if I see another attack or it just like, it, it infuriates me, um, you know, and then it saddens me and then it's just, it, but it's hard. It's yeah. Hard. Yeah.
3: I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, it just, it's awful. Um, but uh, you know, it sounds like you're taking the right approach with the kids and, you mm-hmm. know, but I'm, I'm sorry. I, I hope everything was okay when you went to the mall and you guys had a nice day and had some yeah. fun shopping.
2: Yeah. 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 And yeah. And it's, um, yeah, I, I, I think the, you know, if I, if I could share like a bright side to all of this is that um, um, I, I am glad to see, you know, a lot of people in the AAPI community um, you know, speaking out and standing up and being more bold. And, um, this has also caused me to be more vocal, um, about how much I, um, am proud of my heritage and, yeah. um, and then, and then, you know, reinforcing that with my children. So, yeah, so if anything, I think that's been the positive thing.
3: Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, we're obviously at a a moment in time right now where, you know, there are very opposite extremes, but hopefully through, you know, your platform and, and really through food and educating people through food, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just, it's some, you know, everyone loves to eat. Everyone likes to get together with their friends and family. And, you know, it's something that we actually started, um, as a family at the beginning of COVID and have continued is, you know, we're not going out to restaurants like we were, you know? And so with Mm -hmm. my kids, I said, pick a country, let's do some research, let's listen to the music and you know sometimes they're like mom this is so like I don't want to do this but I'm like no we're gonna put on you know you know pop music from this country we're gonna listen to it we're gonna you know get some interesting ingredients we're gonna cook some of their food we're gonna talk about you know their special dishes and I think that you know it's one way that we can educate our kids is through food and saying you know everyone you know everyone loves food and we can bring people together and and hopefully mm-hmm. break down the barriers um at least you know when our kids grow up and and become young adults
2: yeah i love that i love that julie and i love that you're doing that with your family and i think that's a great idea and um I, I should start doing that with my family as well. <laughs> no, yeah, it was kind that. of fun.
3: It's fun, you know. You can also like. I mean, I've been doing like we I let them order some fun decorations on Amazon, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like just just a few things to kind of mix it up over this past year. Um, you know, that was one of the things that I said. You know, we're going to do that, and and it's been great. I love um, that, and they, they you know it expands their palate too. Um, Absolutely, you know, and they they taste. Flavors that they haven't tasted before, and um, you know, and then when they do go out in the future, I mean, we've started going to a few. We're in Los Angeles, so we're able to go to outdoor restaurants, and um, mm. you know, takeout is amazing here. But you know, they've noticed, they've picked up, like, oh, I this Indian spice is the same that we made when you made that chicken dish, you know, or when we made that naan. That's great, um, which is great. So. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about Hip Foodie Mom. Um is it I I was looking it up. Alice, has it almost been 10 years?
2: Um it's been so I know I <laughs> I actually I actually had to go back and kind of track down my first post and um I'm just going to say that I started it in 2013. Okay. So, well, um, yeah, it's not, almost, yeah,
3: not quite, but it, it's a long time. Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Yeah. No, I, I had started it maybe a little bit before that, but prior to 2013, I think of it, it was more of just kind of a hobby and, and I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was just, um, you know, writing whatever and putting up recipes. And I think I, you know, the, I don't even know how I was taking the photos back then, but, um, but in 2013, that's when I really, um, that is when I turned it more into a, uh, a career. And that was yep. when I was working with, with, um, brands and, and partnerships and yeah. So, awesome. um, that was kind of the, the beginning of all of that.
3: And I guess looking back, it, it would be interesting to know, like, what is one thing that you wish you had known back when you started it, you know, and, you know, here we are now. But what's one thing you wish you had known? Um, oh, my goodness. About this, um, this life that you are encountering on?
2: <laughs> um, That it was going to, that it's hard work. Yeah. Um, I think... Well, I mean, I, I think for, for the people out there and for the people who are listening to this, who are food bloggers themselves or do something, um, creatively in the food space, I mean, you know, how much work it is. And, um, I, I think for those on the outside looking in and, you know, they think it's so fun and cool and, um, and it is, and it can be, but it's a lot, it's a lot of hard work and. I think one of the um, one of the important things to hold on to as you do this is just to kind of focus on what you're doing, focus on your content, um, making it better. Keep challenging yourself um, to to grow and learn and put things out there. And I think as much as you can, don't compare. Don't don't you know don't look don't look around you. Um I mean there's it's important to look at other people in the space who are doing it to support each other but um I think um a lot of people kind of fall into that um that that hole where they're kind of comparing themselves and um looking at what the other person is doing and then that I think that just never kind of takes you to a good place. Yeah. So I think, I think just staying focused, um, continually challenging yourself um, with your content. And, um, and it's been, it's been crazy just, you know, for just over the past few years with, um, with social media. And
3: yeah, I mean, um, you're on Instagram, you're on TikTok. You're, you're, are you on YouTube as well? I'm assuming yes.
2: I am. I am. Yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, I'm not as active on YouTube. I just kind of use YouTube as a kind of, uh, a video, um, repository or, yeah. you know, it's just right. somewhere where I kind of house my videos, Yeah. but I am, I am the most active on Instagram and more recently TikTok, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, which is a funny story because, um, I don't know how old your, your kids are, but, um, my 10 year old and my 13 year old, they taught me how to use TikTok. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, last year, you know, when we were all at home and um, you know, it just kind of started out as this fun thing to do. Yeah. And and, you know, we kind of fell into all the the TikTok trends and doing yep. like the fun or Dancing. attempt, I should say attempting <laughs> to do the the fun dances <laughs> and uh and then cooking um the the viral recipes on there. Right, right. Um and I think it's a really great space. It's fun. I mean, it's I think I think you shouldn't spend too much time um on TikTok, but I, but I think in general it's it's a fun, definitely a fun app. And um the rate that it's grown is crazy. I yes, mean, crazy, I, right? People might be on TikTok now more than they are on Instagram.
3: Yeah, I mean, definitely my, my kids are 14, 13 and 9 and mm-hmm. um they were not so encouraging. They, they've always been, it's a funny thing. You know, they were always embarrassed, like, Oh, you guys have so many followers on Instagram. And now my (laughs) friends are following you. And when, when we told them that we were uh, actually, we told them uh, January of 2020, we said, we're going to launch a TikTok account. And they were like, no, you cannot do that. And I was like, I bet you that by the end of the year we'll have a million followers on TikTok. And they TikTok. And they were like, Mom, don't please, I'm begging you. And they, it was funny. So of course we 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 didn't listen to our children. Um, thankfully. And within I actually beat that, you know, bet. For, we're we're currently at 2.1 million followers on that's, TikTok, which is that's crazy. Incredible. Yeah. Um, but, um, it's, we, I love it. I, I think it's really fun. And, um, you know, and, and actually I, I like how Instagram brought in reels as, yes. um, you know, a comparable product to TikTok and, you know, and you're able to, you know, put out content that's, you know, not so polished, you know, not so mm-hmm. perfect, but it's real. And I think in this year in particular, that's what people want. It's like I'm making salmon for dinner, and here's how I'm making it, and you should make it too. It, it's sort of back to um, I feel like a, a little bit more of an authentic place, putting Instagram in more of like an authentic place, um, and not everything having to be so polished.
2: Yeah, no, I I agree with you 100. percent. And I think it, what's been so cool about um, TikTok and Reels and just video in general. Um, I feel like creators are, you know, kind of like you said they're they're being um, they're being more authentic, and and you're also seeing creators kind of becoming like storytellers, yeah, yeah. which is really cool. And we're seeing um, a different side of people, and we're still seeing the food, but in a different way. Um, so I think for sure, social media has enabled um, digital creators to just kind of have more fun and um, to challenge ourselves in different ways
3: yeah yeah but I mean like you said before it is hard you know and your content has to evolve and you have to be socially savvy and you have to be testing out new ideas and um you know and you you've always done such a good job of that over the years I mean I feel like you started video pretty early on you know when Instagram launched video. I mean, mm-hmm. those of us who've been on it forever remember, you know, when it was just images, but, um, you know, you got into, to video pretty early and also, you know, Instagram stories, you know, you've always been active there. So, um, you know, it's been nice, you know, to watch your content evolve over the years and, and capitalize yeah. on, on what's trending. So congratulations. Cause I know that's hard work.
2: Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. And I, I, for me, I had to find the piece that I enjoyed and I, and, and I'm, I'm kind of, um, focusing on the, my strengths. So I, yeah. I am not the best, I, you know, I'll be the first one to, to say it. I, I'm not the best food photographer. Um, and, um, so, but I'm comfortable on video, you know, yeah. and I, yeah. and I, um, I'm, I'm a very visual person myself. And so I love watching other people cook. And I feel like when I see something happening, I feel like I retain it better. So yeah. So when, when video came out, I was like, okay, (laughs) you know, let's, let's do some on camera videos. And, um, and so, so yeah, that was something I enjoyed. That was something that I enjoyed putting out and Instagram stories. I have my good days and my bad days, but (laughs) definitely, that's also something um, that's probably what I enjoy the most about Instagram um, reels and stories, um, because I really feel like that stories is really just me unedited, you yeah. know, behind the scenes. I'm right. at home. Yeah. You know, I'm showing you my, my dirty kitchen. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm I, we're cooking together um, and um. and more recently, I've also enjoyed um doing more Instagram lives just yeah. to. Yeah, just to have that um, time to connect with with connect with people and talk about food and yeah. get in the kitchen together. Um, so yeah,
3: and there've been some great features that have come out with live this past year. Um, I love that the donate ability. Yes, I don't know if you've used yes. that yet, but we we do that on. That's sort of a, a rule that we've established is that if if we're going to go live, we need to choose the charity and, or whoever, if we're, if we bring someone on and do like a split screen live, um, ask the person who they want us to collect donations on behalf of. And it's so seamless. It's like, you know, the money just passes directly from the person watching the live to the organization. Um, so I really applaud Instagram for getting that, um, and and running. Um, and also the Q and A feature is really great too. Um, for, for, um, you know, answering those fun questions and asking questions of the audience, so.
2: Yeah, no, they, they've definitely, yeah, the, the way um, Instagram has evolved over the years, it's, it's incredible. Um, just, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. So we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hot Dish Productions, an award-winning modern culinary production company specializing in creative digital video, photography, and podcast production. From concept through post-production, Hot Dish creates and produces compelling food stories that ignite the chef in all. Hot Dish Productions has deep connections to award-winning and celebrity chefs and over 20 years' experience. Their team has won both a James Beard Award and an IACP Award for their work in food media. Hot Dish Productions delivers the highest quality product at a fair value. Let them help tell your culinary story today. Explore their work and learn more at hotdishproductions.com.
3: Okay, thanks, Alice. Um, We're back, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about you're back in your new home, you've got this awesome kitchen. Kind of take us into what your kitchen is like. We'd love to know, like, what ingredients do you, if I was to open up your pantry, what would I always find in there and your fridge and maybe even your freezer? What are your, your staples that you really rely on?
2: Um, my, in my pantry, I will always have, um, a full spice rack, like every, I love using um, spices, pasta, beans, um, jarred uh, tomato sauces, um, lots of uh, Asian food uh, pantry items like uh, sesame oil, um, um, like hot chili peppers, in in korean food cooking um i use a lot of uh gochujang korean hot pepper mm-hmm. paste gochugaru uh which is the um the the ground peppers hot peppers Yep. um lots of rice um yeah and then in the my philosophy with cooking is that i i I always, um, I tell my readers that as long as you have, um, a well-stocked pantry, you know, a good amount of produce and, uh, some form of protein, Yeah, you can you can always throw something together. Absolutely. Um, so, um, so in my pantry, I also chicken stock or, or beef stock, um, or vegetable stock. And, um, but I always try to keep lots of fruits and vegetables, um, carrots, cucumbers, broccoli, um, onions, potatoes, um, and then we eat everything. So, so beef, chicken, pork, fish, um, you know, all all sorts of seafood. Um, and I, uh, I, I have a, um, delivery service. So I feel like I always have lots of, uh, chicken and beef and, and salmon and, and shrimp in my freezer. Yeah. that's um, great. but I also, I also love having like, um, uh, Korean dumplings in my freezer, mm-hmm. um, different types of noodles that I keep in my freezer. Um, what else do I have? I also, I have, and I think I got this from my father. I have a really big sweet tooth, <laughs> mm-hmm. which, um, which I have probably passed on to my kids, um, so I I always have uh, probably at least three types of um, ice cream, which is bad. I don't know yeah, if I should. Be we saying do this too. But- oh no, my
3: gosh, we have so much ice cream <laughs> in our freezer. I totally hear you on that. Um, what's your, what is your favorite
2: flavor? Well, so I and I. But what's funny, Julie, is I I try to buy pints. Because I feel like if they're smaller, <laughs> yeah, it <was. laughs> if it's smaller, you don't feel as guilty. Yeah. But um, I don't know. We we have like, you know, Haagen-Dazs and Ben & Jerry's. And mm-hmm. um, I love, uh, um, is it their everything but the, is that yours yeah. 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 The Ben & Jerry's. Um, yeah. Yes. Re- and most recently, I just bought these Yasso bars, which if you haven't tried them, there they're seven. so good it um they're it's greek yogurt dipped in chocolate so it looks like the hagen-dazs ice cream bar oh cool yeah but it's um but it's yogurt yep. and they're so good <laughs> definitely will but, try those um and then the last thing that i always have in my freezer i always have homemade cookie dough yeah
3: yeah so, so yeah
2: if if um if people don't do this at home you absolutely need to do it uh, whenever I make um, a cookie recipe, whether it be chocolate chip or peanut butter or whatever, I never bake all of it. You know, after I've made it, yeah. I always i I will only bake like maybe six or eight. Yeah,
3: just what you're going to eat that day,
2: right? Yeah. And then I freeze. I freeze the rest of the cookie dough balls, um, and then that way, you know, you can you can bake. A chocolate chip cookie whenever you want one. <laughs> every night. Every night. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. Turn it into an ice cream sandwich. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about some popular recipes on your blog. Um, are there any recipes that over the years have just continued to be, you know, fan favorites and, and um, people keep coming back to and making time and again?
2: Yes. Um my kimchi, kimchi fried rice is very popular. I feel like that one um, is one that always does well. And I feel like once people discover um, kimchi and kind of their love for Korean food, um, mm-hmm. that's a recipe that, that does really well. Yeah. I have a steak marinade recipe that I feel like... Um, Every year around like Father's Day and <laughs> and like um, Labor Day, like it, it always does really well. Um, I have a vegetarian lo mein that um, that is very popular. Um, I have a one pot beef stroganoff that is also really popular. Yeah, I haven't made a beef stroganoff
3: in a long time. My mom used to make that all the time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I actually also grew up in Dallas, so I didn't know that you grew up there.
2: I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: That's so funny. I know. Um, and so I guess back to the recipes on your blog, do you make a lot of these recipes at home, you know, time and again? And And were these recipes that you kind of developed for the blog or were these recipes you were making for your family that you kind of Um, perfected over time and then published for your readers?
2: So it's, it was a little bit of both. So I feel like, I feel like when I started, when I really started the blog and I was, I was serious about it and um, I was only doing that and I wasn't working anymore. Yeah. I feel like that's when I um, really took my time with um, developing the recipes and I almost started I, I was focusing on like kind of fancier recipes and recipes that required you know like a ton of ingredients and um were just taking way too long I think i was trying yeah. to do something like fancy right but then but then what i would always come back to is that the recipes that did the, the did the best were the simple ones and the recipes that only required like you know i don't know six or seven or eight ingredients yeah um th- there was like this I think these like, um, pizza puff pastry bites.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, and
2: it was, there were literally five ingredients and that re- recipe always like just killed it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and meanwhile, I'm like, try, I'm trying to make like a, you know, pork shoulder ragu or something, you know? <laughs> right, right. So I was like, okay. Um, I feel like this is what people want. They want, yeah. they want the simpler, um, easy to follow weeknight recipes, and then I think that's when I moved into the mindset of, you know what? I'm a mom. Um right. I I work, and so I'm going to put out recipes that other people who have busy schedules have time for. Yeah. And I and I still do the um kind of the more uh I don't want to say complicated, but the more time-intensive recipes, yeah. but but I do fewer of those. Right.
3: I love your uh Air fryer grilled cheese. What a great idea. Oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> that was uh is
2: that a, is product, that a of, product of living
3: um out yes. of a small. Yeah, I was going to say you, you 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 created something out of, you know, a necessity probably. <laughs> That's amazing. Well,
2: yeah, I, yeah. I was in a um a small kitchen, but also that was also a product of um, you know, 2020 and, yeah. and quarantine nice. and being home. And, um, and that was definitely the year, um, that people just wanted super simple, super straightforward. Um, I, I put like, it, I think I made a tuna melt one day and I can't tell you how many direct messages I got asking, asking me how I made a tuna melt.
3: <laughs> you know, what's funny is that in, I, I, I wonder if it was your tuna melt, because in quarantine, I saw a tuna melt and I'm forgetting whose it was. And then my daughter and my son who both love tuna salad. I made it for their lunch and they were like, what in the world is this? And I was like, it's a tuna melt. Like, Yeah. Thanks for bringing that back.
2: Well, it's just, um, it's funny because um, I, I feel like during that time period, I mean, we all just we were we were a just like looking for simpler things, but we wanted also like comfort, comfort. food and yeah, totally yeah. So I was definitely going back to the basics um, and just putting easy stuff out there, and it was just going bananas. It was going crazy. So um, love it. Yeah, yeah.
3: Cool. So we have time for a couple more questions. I'd love to ask. Um, maybe you could tell us a few people who who've inspired you over the years.
2: Yeah, well, definitely my parents, um, my, like I said earlier, my mother and my father are great cooks. Um, I mean, not only are they great in the kitchen, but they're just wonderful human beings that I, um, look up to and respect and admire and love. Um, but they, my, my dad growing up, he was a huge, um, advocate for us, um, expanding our palates and trying new foods. And my dad loves to eat and he just loves food. So, uh, we, we went out to eat a lot. Um, and my dad would always make sure that we would try something new. And so I try to do the same thing with my children. Um, and he also just kind of helped me, um, develop, uh, uh, to to know how to develop flavor when cooking and and Mm -hmm. to know how to build on that. Um, so my parents, and I think just, um, whenever I go out to eat and if I have like a fabulous dish at a restaurant, um, so I want to say like, I'm inspired by foods that I eat in restaurants. And so, and, and by local chefs. Yeah. Um, when I was living in Madison, uh, which is kind of a, a smaller food community in Madison, Wisconsin, I got to know um, a lot of chefs well. And um, so I was very inspired by, um, you know, their dedication to food and um, working so closely with, um, with local farmers and and artisans and, you know, um, developing these wonderful recipes um, using, you know, local ingredients um, and just, you know, locally sourced things and uh, just seeing these, you know, beautiful creative dishes come out. Um, so, yeah, chefs. And I'm always inspired by um, other food bloggers and other, um, I guess, um, personalities on social media yep. and, you uh, and, Food network and, you know, yeah, all of it. That's great. Um,
3: and maybe a couple more questions. So in terms of this past year, what would you say you've learned um, in this, this challenging year that we've had?
2: Oh, what have I learned? Um, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, I'll answer this in two ways. So what I've learned personally um I've learned that, you know, family is very important. And, um, I feel like, you know, in the midst of this pandemic and everything going on, um, I'm super thankful that it, it brought my family closer together. Yeah. Um, you know, because we were all home and all under the same roof. Um, so I think it taught me the, the importance of family, and and I've always known this, but it's you know it's always good, just you know to as a reminder to be reminded of, um, making sure that you appreciate your loved ones, and um, you know tell those people around you you know that you love them and and all of that, and then what last year taught me um, professionally, I think was just to. Um, slow down a little bit maybe Yeah, Um, and to take a step back and to really think about what's important. Um, Yeah. So with, you know, with, with COVID and everything that happened last year and is still going on and, um, and even, you know, everything that's going on, you know, right now um, within the AAPI community, Um, I I think I'm just reminded to always um, take a step back, just look at everything and um, appreciate the things uh, that I know to be true more, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, And to also know, um, know that I have a voice and to use it Yeah. And to be, um, you know, more confident in who I am. I love that.
3: So I guess lastly, kind of building off of that, but with a little bit of a food focus for anyone listening who maybe has never cooked Korean food, where do you recommend they start? What recipe or recipes on your blog or maybe on another blog or a cookbook you'd recommend? what, What do you recommend to someone who's wanting to Try out cooking Korean food?
2: I love this question. Um, so, what I would recommend for someone who is brand new to Korean food um, if you live in an area that has a Korean market or Korean restaurants, and I know that not all of us are dining out right now. So, you know, you can easily do takeout and help support local Korean restaurants, um, but I would say just start with, if you are a meat eater, mm-hmm. um, start with Korean bulgogi, yep. which is the, um, the the Korean marinated beef. I feel like uh, bulgogi and, and rice, and um, anytime you eat at a Korean restaurant, you will get these small um, seasoned vegetable dishes, uh, which is called panchan. Um, so you get, you get all these little side dishes, um, like some seasoned, uh, bean sprouts and spinach and potatoes and just all sorts of things. Um, so I would just, I would say, start, start by going to a restaurant if you can order takeout, um, um, support the, uh, if you have a, a small Asian grocery store, or Korean grocery yeah. store in your area go out, support them. Don't be scared of it. You know, um, if you have questions, just ask somebody. Um, and then I feel like another, uh, good starter recipe that a lot of people love is, um, bibimbap, mm-hmm. which is just, uh, uh it, it literally translates to mixed, mixed rice
3: Yeah,
2: and bibimbap, you know, it can be vegetarian. Um, you can, you can have, uh, protein in there like beef or, um, you know, any type of protein, but again, it's just, um, it's rice with those seasoned vegetables and, um, a protein, a fried egg on top. And you, you mix in this super delicious, um, gochujang sauce, which is the hot pepper paste. And it's usually mixed with, um, sesame oil, honey, and like a little bit of, a uh, vinegar, brown rice vinegar. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorites. Yeah. I I love it. Um, and there are so many, um, exciting Korean cookbooks coming out. I, I think, um, uh, Joanne, the Korean vegan, her cookbook is coming out, Mm -hmm. um, in October, I believe. Um, I'm
3: actually having her on a podcast soon. So I'll I'll, I'll be asking her. her a lot
2: of the same questions. I love her. Yeah. So, um, the Korean vegan, Uh, I, I just actually pre-ordered her cookbook today. Um, uh, Eric Kim, who, (laughs) um, he's everywhere. Um, and he, uh, he also writes for the New York times. He has a cookbook coming out, I think next year. Okay. But, um, I think it's going to be called Korean American. I'm not sure, but, um. Yeah, I think
3: that's what I read. I, I think I read that,
2: um, in an article recently. Yeah. But I, I'm just so excited to see, you know, like fellow, you know, Korean brothers and sisters like out there just, um, putting, you know, writing these beautiful cookbooks. And, um, uh, what I love most about it is that they are sharing their stories. And, and then I feel like I do this with my blog too. You know, we, we, um, we have the opportunity to share a little bit of our heritage and our history and our stories with our families and our parents and bring you into the world, you know, that we grew up in with food. So, yeah.
3: Well, thanks for doing that. And thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Alice. It was great catching up.
2: Thank you so much. I had so much
3: fun. And thanks for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is The Feed Feed, head to thefeedfeed.com. Be sure and follow us on Instagram at thefeedfeed. And don't forget to follow Alice at well, as well. She's over on Hip Foodie Mom one Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. The Feedfeed Feed is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradio.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage radio network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from our listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family
2: by becoming a member. Thanks for listening.